uh, there's a, since the time of Pius XII, there, there's a, uh, an indult or whatever for America. This is not Meatless Friday. It's not a day of absence. Ave Maria Purissima, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the feast of uh, St. John of the Cross. We have a first-class relic of him up there. So after the Thanksgiving, after Mass, I'll give everybody that would like to receive that a blessing with his relic. Uh, it's also the feast of St. Chrysogonus. He's in the canon of the Mass. He's a martyr under uh, Dacius, so he's a... Uh, uh, you can tell I'll bow my head a little bit when we get to his name. At any rate, uh, St. John of the Cross, born uh, in the middle of the 16th century. As a young boy, he's five years old, playing by a pond, th throwing sticks in the pond and all that, and he falls in and pert near drowns. He's, he's sinking to the bottom of the pond when all of a sudden this beautiful woman appears, gets him by the hand and gets it out of there. It's Our Lady. So it was a sign of things to come. Uh, he ended up entering the Carmelites, in, uh, at the age of 21, he wanted to stay a brother, but uh, by the age of 25, he's so brilliant, they, they, they ordained him. And he gets uh, involved, St. Teresa of Avila asked him really to be involved in her founding, refounding of, of the, of the uh, Discalus Carmelite, the, the Order of the Men. So he's the, the Holy Father, St. John of the Cross, for the Carmelites. And, uh, He's the doctor of the church, one of the doctors of the church, the mystical life. And what he's, uh, he's got a series of works, the Son of Mount Carmel, the dark night of the soul, living a uh, flame of love. And his works are all about what the, about the interior life, sort of scientifically organized as it were. And by the interior life or the spiritual life, we've mentioned this before, but it's important for people to realize that our spiritual life is meant to grow from the time we were baptized till we die. It's not supposed to be sort of like in and out of mortal sinner like a lot of people baptized and, and they get to the age of reason and they get in habits of sin and they never leave that and they die and don't end up where, they, where God intended them to go when he had them baptized. Because the object is to grow in our interior life. In our interior life, there's three stages of it basically. It's exactly analogous to the, 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 what we call our natural life. We're born uh, and we, 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 we were as, as little babies and all that, there we are, and you go from childhood, then there's a, a, a crisis, the crisis of puberty, and a person, if he successfully passes through that, becomes a young adult or an adolescent, and then uh, negotiate through that. There's a second crisis, uh, first freedom, when they leave home, and if they uh, negotiate that, they'll be a normal, virtuous adult. Of course, uh, there's a lot of disasters at both those crises, and especially in a society like ours that's so diabolical, it makes it hard. So a lot of people are really warped. They don't ever really grow even naturally and have a full natural life. But that being said, in the supernatural life, there's an analogy. We're baptized, we're put in the state of grace. As long as we're in the state of grace, what is that? That's analogous to ch spiritual childhood. This is also called sometimes the purgative way. At that stage of our life, the whole object is to fight the vices, to break ourselves away from vices, from temptations, the struggle, the attractions of the world. All that. That's what the whole life of penance and, and, and all that is involved in. We're trying to break away from those things, deny ourselves so that we're not so attached to things. Like a little baby, when they're little, they grab onto everything. You have to teach them how not to be selfish. It's analogous. 
And so at that stage of life, a person is struggling to be purified of their vices. They're going to confession, they're doing penances, they're doing spiritual practices, they're growing that way. If they're faithful to that, and they're faithful to prayer, and by that I don't just mean a few Hail Marys here, which are a wonderful prayer, but I mean actual prayer where they're actually trying to have a conversation with Christ, like especially when you're present at Holy Mass, then most especially when one makes us a communion, when you have the the, the privilege to go to Holy Communion, you should spend that time with our Lord. Those are priceless moments. You only get so many communions in your life, and you'd think many of the pews are electrified, the way people go darting out of a church right after they receive communion. They can't wait to get out of there and get to the donut or whatever is, is so urgent instead of spending time with our Lord. So they need to spend time with the Lord, talk to Him. But then during the day, our Holy Rosary and just mental prayer which is a con it's con communication with Christ, a conversation with Christ, spending some time every day, setting aside time to have a conversation with Christ. And we feed that sort of thing with our spiritual reading, which doesn't have to be reading. You could listen to sermons of Bishop Sheen or something, that's the equivalent of spiritual reading. So good sermons, good conferences, lives of the saints especially, and stories from the scriptures. At any rate, if a person is faithful to these, They'll reach their first crisis in the spiritual life, which is called the dark night of the senses. This is equivalent, a rough equivalent of puberty. The dark night of the senses is horrible. You've got to pray that if you that you're faithful and you get there, and you, when you get there, it's horrible, but it's totally doable because we're being conformed to somebody crucified. This is something as Americans we have to get out of our mind that everything's going to be like like in some movie where everything goes in slow motion and flower petals are going down with violins. That's heaven. In this life, it's following him. That's why we have the stations of the cross, not the stations that, you know, like of Barney with everybody doing happy things. It's going to be like it. So if we get to that point, you have the right uh, to confess or whatever, you transition through that. What it is is God is taking you seriously. You want to be holy? I'll make you holy. And the re it hurts because he's readjusting all the damage in the senses. That's what you've been, so it makes it a lot easier to be virtuous. And then their, their prayer starts to change. Instead of being discursive, thinking from one point to the next, they start thinking like love, and there they are. It's a prayer of simplicity. It's God working in them. And this isn't some weird Eastern exercise, you know, where you sit there and do weird, strange uh, postures and all that. No, it's something God's doing in the soul. And that they go into the illuminative way. In that second stage is equivalent to spiritual adolescence. If a person continues on that, you don't know and is faithful, and we don't know who God has that reserved to, there's another dark night, the dark night of the spirit, where he purifies in things in the spirit. Now, in this adolescent age, instead of working on conquering the vices, which is always in the background, then it's working on growing in the virtues. And as they grow in the virtues, They'll get up to the second thing if it's pleasing to God and, and, and go through that stage, but, but people should shoot for that, and that's the dark night of the, of the spirit, and they're purified in their spiritual faculties, and they can go through that. And all this stuff gets rid of purgatory time, too. I mean, it's a win-win situation. They're going to have a higher place in heaven. They're getting rid of purgatory time. Everything gets easier in life. The prayer, it's, it's going to be tough, but I mean, that's just life anyway. We're, we find ourselves in this world. There's only one way out, and you've got two chances. We're going to all die. You've got two options at the end of that. Better pick the high one. Anyway, and shoot for that one. People shoot for purgatory. Are you crazy? What if you miss? 
So shoot for heaven. So the person keeps on trying to do that. They go through the dark night of the, of the spirit, and then they're, they, they're actually in the unitive way. There's even stages in that, but that's not important for what we're speaking of here. St. John of the Cross is a doctor, scientifically explaining all these things in his books. How it is that people get there? How to go there and all that? So that's the significance of him, is he's recorded all this for, for the, all of us that are interested in those things to, uh, to understand. I'll leave you with just uh, to one of his thoughts here. So I wrote down a beautiful thought, I think, of St. John of the Cross, and we'll continue with Mass. To suffer for the sake of God is a true characteristic of his love, as we see in Christ and his martyrs. And persecutions are the means to enter into the depth or to attain to the knowledge of the mystery of the cross, a necessary condition for comprehending the depth of the wisdom of God and his love.